Okay. I'm going to fight you on online. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Sure. Okay. I mean, I'll see you in a week and then I can fight you in person, but. Taking all bets. Taking all bets. Um, we'll have the enforcer there to clean up the blood. I don't think that's what enforcers do. <laughs> we need to get a, we need to get a fifth individual. His nickname is like the mop. <laughs> <laughs> that's Al Harrington. He's the mop. Yeah. It's a, it's an intern's job. Pick up all the broken teeth. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you were listening to the Undebeatables or Semi-Weekly Pacers Podcast. This is episode 608. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host and former season ticket holder, Joey Gafreda. This show, we're going to try and convince ourselves that the Pacers has already turned the franchise around. We'll see about that. Plus, we'll have Stat of the Week and an answer in under Google for you. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up? Undebeatable. Shout out to November. Shout out to Undebeaticon. It's coming soon. Can't wait. Absolutely. From Charlotte. Oh, no. Where are you at? Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> He's our in-house bartender. Mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, quick shout out to uh, my pets. Um, they need to be strong, heavy steel, the best. You need to be able to scrub the right way. Uh, kids who just swab the deck, they're doing it wrong. You got to go in hard and scrub the, the floor. Um, and I think our, uh, intern Al Harrington knows that. Is steel the right material? The, yeah. For the head. Yes. Not the, it's a cloth no, no, I know. mop, but like I've used the, the head or a shaft. Steel. Yeah, yeah. So the wood shaft, <laughs> the plastic head is is, is is not strong enough. You need a steel head <laughs> on the cloth mop. Uh, well, from look. Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, fellas? I have nothing to add. <laughs> Come any steelhead uh, salmon out there when you're on the West Coast? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Okay. Before we get into this show, I'd like to remind you, you can support us, the longest running Pacers podcast, uh, over at uh, patreon.com slash undebeatables. You can uh, become a supporter for as little as a dollar per month. Colson, I may have cut you off a little bit there, but 
Uh, if you've got more to say, I think now is a good time, you know, that we had a discussion in the Tuesday show that, you know, sort of as the season started, like, I like the guys on the team. It's not it's not that I like the team, I like the players we have, and I'm I'm hopeful for the future. But we are in a unique position that the Pacers are not normally in, uh, that, that there is a, a generational player in Victor Wembanyama that is going to be in the draft next season and this is easily the closest the Pacers have been to a position to where they could have a shot at the number one pick and I said hey we've got these we've got a good core of of players that I really like and are going to be great together and they're going to be great in the future they're not going to be great right now you know even with with you know Miles Turner as as a good veteran leader for this team and Halliburton and Matherin and you know we've got some good other players and we have Smith and and Jackson you know most of these guys are, are young and gonna be you know I'm hopeful they're gonna have good solid careers but we're in a position now where look I don't like tanking I don't like that's the way things are but this is the way the league works if you do poorly you get a good draft pick and you know we're already close enough to that sort of naturally that um, there's the sort of you know the the place where you get the least return on your investment uh, sort of from the 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 win-loss column is just out of the playoffs and you know you don't get the playoff money you don't get the prestige you don't get the experience that you get when you get into the playoffs and the bottom couple teams get the best picks I'm worried that that's where we're going to end up, you know, so you, you end up in the, well, with the, you know, play in tournament, but regardless, so, you know, you in the nine, 10, 11 ish spot, like that's not a good place to be. And so, yeah, that's Joe, where I'm, that's where I'm concerned about. Joe, and Joe, you should be concerned. If you want Wamanyama, you should be concerned. Uh, yeah. I want the guy. I think one of the things that I've learned as a, uh, maybe just as a Pacer fan is that the things you want don't always turn out. And if you spend a whole season aching for something, you're going to be really disappointed. And I think going for a lottery, and it's called a lottery for a reason, um, if you're in the worst four um, teams in the league, you have a 14% shot at uh, the number one pick. I think that's that's the case. That's not a lot. Um, and then as you move out of those top four, it becomes less and less. Uh, last season, we were the fifth worst record in the league. We got the sixth pick. I don't think we should be doing anything that we're not doing right now, Joe. And what I think we're doing right now is being better than we should be because these guys are really talented and they're really good and I'm excited and I want them to play well. I think uh, Benedict Matherin was the right pick for this team. I was upset about it beforehand because I thought it was only a four-person draft, maybe a five-person draft, and we got the sixth pick. Uh, right now, Benedict Matherin looks like he is on the short list between him and, and Paolo Bencaro, who was the number one pick as the Rookie of the Year. Um, I'd like to give you a, a real brief stat here. The most three th- free-throw attempts by a rookie in the last five seasons... Paolo Bencaro, nine free throw attempts a game. 
Zion Williams, 7.4. Luka Donich, 6.7. Matherin, 5.8. Trey Young, 5.1. John Morant, 4.6. I don't know if you noticed that list, but all of those people are considered all-stars. He has a gift, an elite gift, a veteran-style gift of getting to the line. Um, And also... um, scoring in traffic and he makes those decisions well he he cuts to the basket well i think he alone is going to make it hard for us to tank because he just has such a drive he's so talented i think he might be the piece that you're looking for and we already have it on the team i don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying you know but one of the reasons he's getting so much burn is because the pacers you know, from an organization or, or letting the, the young guys go and, and play. You know, it's part of that rebuilding effort. Um, and so I think the numbers are going to be inflated some. Like on a better team, some of these guys just aren't going to see the floor because they're, you know, they're trying to win games now. You know, like the like the Kings, they're win now. You know, you're not going to see those. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I said, not to discredit, not to discredit anything he's done. He's been fantastic. I mean, I don't disagree. He's been fantastic. Um, you know, dropping you know thirty plus points is 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 no feat. You know, that's that's no mean feat. So he's he's been fantastic. You know, but uh, a seven foot four dude who can shoot thirty footers um, would fit in well to our team because <laughs> it's a seven foot four dude who can shoot thirty footers. I, 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 I totally agree with that. But I'm just saying, if you spent your season thinking about that, you will be sorely disappointed uh i would agree with that i mean i think that yeah it's a tough line to walk right because you're right the the probability even if you have the worst record of getting this winman yama guy is 14 percent, which is low in the terms of things that being said we have like a you would have a i think 25 percent chance or something like that of getting the first one of the first two picks or something like that, you know? Sure. And you've all, with the, what's the next guy is supposed to be franchise changing as well. Right. Scott, right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and so does. at this, at this point in the game, it's obviously landing when Minyama would be amazing, be the equivalent. People are saying of landing LeBron James, when LeBron mm-hmm. James is coming into the league. So just think about what that could do for your franchise. Right. That being said, the larger, structure of the plan is to accumulate good young pieces and see which ones ones of those pan out right because even if you get win ben yama there's no guarantee that he is amazing right i mean he is amazing but there's no guarantee that he doesn't get hurt or doesn't adjust to the speed of the nba or whatever yeah exactly right or bolt on you after four years to you know, take his talents to South Beach, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Most likely after these, seven years. but These things know. happen, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think all that you can do is try to pick the right guys that you have a chance to pick. And I think that, you know, like you said, the Pacers are on a good uh, track to do that. You know, they've got one of the most exciting young backcourts in the NBA, right? I mean, I think it's us and Detroit, <laughs> As yeah. far as that goes, right? So, and in the meantime, yeah, I think you cheer for good, good basketball. You want to see them do things, and West, they'll cheer for them to win when there's close games or whatever. But 
I think that the the inevitabilities of the NBA are going to hit this team hard coming up as the schedule gets tougher and veteran teams round into shape and start doing things that veteran teams usually do, which is win close games and close us out in the fourth quarter. Like, I think that's... I still have faith that the NBA still works that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as as film comes out on these guys, I, I, I don't think mm-hmm. that KD and Kyrie Irving spend a lot of time watching Benedict Matherin's college film before the game, right? <laughs> so... I feel like there's other things on their their plates right now. Yeah, yeah, they've got uh, important movies to review. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, you know, you don't want to be too connected to any particular guy because the reality is that's totally beyond your control, right? But yeah, like you said, Jason. I mean, the the bigger plan is to cash in on a bunch of talent, and uh, this should be a really good draft. I, I sure do wish Cleveland and Boston would start losing some games for me. Um, because we've also got their picks in this draft, which should be a, a, a relatively deep one. And so, I, I mean, that's really exciting. You know, you hit a home run with with Benedict. Um, that's awesome. He looks to be the real deal and a real contributor on a on a really good NBA team. But he and Halliburton right now are not good enough to, you know, just go out and win a championship on their own, right? Oh, well, uh, no. Duarte I mean, trying is, to win a championship this year, right? I mean... Somebody is. Yeah. Lots well, of okay. Are, yeah. <laughs> the Pacers aren't. <laughs> but, I mean, with the other talent that we have now, I would argue that the, the chances of us winning a championship are not great. We need more. Sure. And, and I guess my argument would be we have three, four young big men that we're trying to see if they can be a part of a championship team moving forward. Um, we're we're going through uh, the young guys at small forward. Can any of these guys be a piece on a championship championship team? Clearly, none of these pieces are championship contenders right now. Um, but they're also all 22, right? You've got to get them to age 28, 29. Like, who, who are you trying to figure out that's your core and that works together and that makes sense? And I think, and maybe I'm overstating it already, but it seems to me that Hal Burton and Matherin could be the key to a very, very talented team three to five years from now, you know. Maybe there's a guy or two uh, of the rotation, maybe three guys that we have right now that can be a part of that as well. So we're kind of doing our job. I guess I'm wondering if we're kind of ahead of schedule, right? Because I feel like, the terrible teams are doing this, like the Rockets and the, you know, Magic or whatever. They're trying to find these pieces, these two to three to four guys that are going to be their core going forward if they can hold on to them. Because, again, you never know. Long-term guarantee you don't know this stuff. But who are the guys that we want to focus on and think that can be the core of the team? And I just wonder if our team is a little bit better or cares a little bit more, is a little bit hungrier than some of these teams that are already tanking. I'm just, I mean, you know, that's my question. Yes and no. I mean, part of it is, I think that we still have two critical pieces on our team that probably aren't going to be on our team and don't seem to be part of our future that are helping us win ball games right now. Right. Like buddy healed is giving us Hitting like seven, three pointers a game tonight <laughs> and shooting 45% from the range. Right. And miles Turner, you know, had, um, 
you know, one horrible game in his debut, but then another just absolutely um, elegant performance against the Wizards that, you know, helped us win a, a, a ball game there, right? Yeah, 27 and, and five blocks. And, right, yeah. exactly, yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's hard to disentangle the competitive nature of the rest of the squad with those guys. Obviously, they're professionals, and they go out and try to win every night and compete and as do all the dudes on the floor. Like, none of the players are, yeah, like, players don't trying tank. to tank. So, like, I mean, I will say I think we're – I think that the the trade for Halliburton got us off to an excellent start in kickstarting this and and got us quote unquote ahead of schedule, if you will, right? Just because that reboot. guy is so incredible. I mean, he's leading the or tied for the lead in uh, leading the league in assists per game right now. Um, and he's got to be near the top of the list in three point percentage, I would think. Yeah, he's shooting 47% from the range almost, which is insane. Um, Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you get a guy like that, and then add on top of that the early success that Matherin has had and the fact that he looks like he has all of the tools and the capabilities to be a long-time impact player in this league. You're slightly ahead of schedule. You You can dampen that enthusiasm a little bit, I guess, if you'd say, you know, Isaiah Jackson isn't quite grown into himself and um Neesmith <laughs> a potential piece from that trade with Boston doesn't seem to be too great a guy we didn't talk about on Monday show which I m- meant to mention was Chris Duarte who had a really rough first week seemed to bounce back a little bit in the in the second week uh but he's you know you early returns on his second year you wouldn't say that he's like made a leap Right, necessarily. Sure. So uh, I, I think uh, the Neemhard pickup as a backup point guard looks like a guy. But again, <laughs> it's like no, 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 no. I like guess. I think he looks like a real talent. Like he can control sure. the offense. He pick, he didn't score a lot, but he he and he missed a lot of shots. But they were the right shots. He had he plays really good defense. He's really big. I like him. I think he's somebody you hold on to for as long as you can. Um, he looks like a legitimate basketball player. Um, you know, for a second round draft pick, I think you try to lock him up as, as long as you can. But again, you know, this is the thing, right? How do you get from 25 to 27 wins last year to being a part of the conversation of, you know, uh, contention? It's figuring out who's good and, 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 and acquiring talent. I feel like we acquired a bunch of talent, but you know would women yama put us over the edge sure <laughs> i mean even he's not going to do it immediately no yeah no, you guys are all it's going to take time to develop like, yeah you've got to wait till guys get to their prime which is right. what 26 to 32 you know well i mean and, all for that. and again i th- i think that the goal for this franchise is to get on the the memphis trajectory as fast as possible i mean you look there they've got John Morant is 23 or something like that, right? And so, and they're already, I mean, maybe not championship contenders, but like, they're in with conference finals yeah. maybe this year, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. um, that's where we want to be in two years, right? So, and if you keep picking the right, what the other lesson from Memphis is if you keep picking the right guys that have the abilities 
that you need or that are that translate well to the NBA and you coach them up and you give them a chance and put them in the right positions, then you can be successful. I mean, like they have a bunch of guys on their roster, you know, the Desmond Baines of the world, right? Right, that who looks just come in and now. Yeah. shoot the basketball, right? And like do super good. John Conjar is contributing. Like this guy, Santi Aldama, is like stepping into the Jaron Jackson role and doing quite well. So it's 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 all of these support, getting all of these support pieces and getting an infrastructure in place to to build things the right way. Well, and you've talked about, you know, Naismith, maybe, you know, not what we'd hoped yet, but I mean, he still is a shooter. He still can develop into that. Like Duarte might not be having the, the start to the season, but this is very early on, right? We believe in mm-hmm. Carlisle's ability to train these guys up. This, I, I think, I think Joey, this is my main issue is that these guys are going to get better as the year goes along and we already look all right. Like I, you know, I was, I was making a comment that Duarte couldn't keep up with the pace of the game, but we start playing better teams that play a slightly slower pace. Duarte starts to make more sense. Like, like I wonder if, um, you know, the longer the season goes on, the better the guys get, the more games we win as opposed to what Jason is saying is that as, as teams get, better and more honed in they'll be it'll be easier for them to beat a young team i wonder if it it sort of balances out and we end up more games than we want to for the women yamba playoffs but then maybe we get rewarded by the nba karma gods you know yeah who knows and yeah i mean even if i mean again even if you're number one you don't control where you pick right it's mm-hmm. it's a lottery for a reason so you go out there and you know you do the best job you can developing your guys and you know sort of come what may right i mean it's not the end of the world if we win 30, 35 games. Like, that would be, you know, a, a good outcome on some level for these guys. Uh, but I, I think it would be hard to look back at this season, you know, if we end up with the 14th draft pick um, and, and not think that maybe we missed an opportunity. Once in a generation guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Did I mention he was seven foot four, can shoot 30 footers and dunk on dudes? Yeah. He's a bigger KD. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Taller than Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. By a lot. Yeah. Like it is interesting that, that this season, the way that I'm monitoring, you know, every day I check the, the NBA scores and see who won and who lost or whatever, right? But I'm more interested in the teams at the bottom <laughs> and hoping that they win <laughs> than I am the teams that, the, like, I kind of don't care about who's at the top right now <laughs> yeah it's funny I, I watched the uh ot of thunder uh maths and i was yeah. rooting for the thunder the entire time because i wanted totally. them to keep winning <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know if you need a constellation early in the season at least we're not utah who's accidentally five and two right now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah tune into their their fan driven <laughs> podcast and listen to them all freaking out full full freak out i i am just i'm just warning our fans that we may find ourselves at 500 before it falls off so don't panic that's all i'm saying i think this team has a lot of talent a lot of drive yeah think- didn't we when we did the schedule pod things were fine until basically thanksgiving and then it starts to get real hard, and then it it yeah. gets real hard in December and January. Uh, yeah, there's there's the uh, the Western road swing. It happens around mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yep, you're right. 
let's uh let's pad our <laughs> overall stats which is not necessarily what we want to do but like let's uh, you know let's build confidence as a team and and build camaraderie camaraderie yeah and, and let's keep making buddy healed look like a sensational and and miles mm, turner for that matter that I mean, lebron james I mean, is after miles turner looked like that you know second coming of looks Will. like he's worth two first round <laughs> draft picks you think yeah. <laughs> Looks like we can get uh, two Westbrooks for him, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, we don't accept I that think... currency anymore. At our... Yeah. <laughs> if the draft were to happen today, the Lakers would would be the lowest seeded team. Uh, mm. But their draft pick goes to New Orleans, so oh, that would just be a hilarious. Okay, because I was like, oh, that would be amazing <laughs> if they got the next. You know. Nope generational big man but no they can't. i mean is it going to be fair if new orleans has zion and Wimbenyama? i mean get no. out that work give it to the pacers i i mean i think that's the right <laughs> thing to do it to us that's we've earned one spurs already had tim duncan they don't get another generational player right like let's let's yeah. we get this it's magic have had like 10 oh yeah he's had that shack Penny. Howard, Penny, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we get Jameer it's, it's Nelson, and and Oklahoma City and the Rockets, I feel like are number one, two, and three every year. Like this is our turn. Yep, Karma Gods, it's our turn. Colson, send your tweets out to Karma Gods and see what the see what they say. Does anybody have KarmaGods dot com? Let's find out. Hmm. It uh, looks like nobody owns it. Okay. Uh, by the time this show uh, airs, I assume that my um, my legal team will have that taken care of. <laughs> There's a uh, Instagram Karma God clothing. Hmm. But yeah. Colson, uh, I'll let I'll let Baby Al know to to get on. <laughs> yeah. Buying yeah. that. Hey Joey, clothing. I thought I, you were my legal team. By the way. Well, he's got to finish. Oh, no, you're my tech first. team. Somebody else is my... <laughs> Jason, I think you're my legal team. <laughs> Harper's my enforcer team. I don't know. Well, we should we should probably have an off-season meeting. Yeah, again, we just, just we, we really got to do something yeah. about the org chart. Put this on the agenda. Maybe <laughs> uh, uh, Al does the legal stuff and the mopping. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, Colson, I feel like you're just an out-of-touch manager at this point. You have no idea what anybody does. <laughs> you just know it's not your responsibility. I just show up and go home. Yeah. Yeah. You show up, t- tell people to just do it, make make your vision make reality. Make this thing happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I go home. That's right. You just draft a lot of memos with buzzwords. <laughs> it's all about culture it's all about vertical integration and uh yeah exactly synergy synergy mm-hmm. you guys know how our off off air stuff goes like it's it. always me talking about synergy <laughs> yeah you come in and you talk about yeah i mean we, but we, we, we got to get all the stakeholders in the same room and mm-hmm. you know right. really need some buy-in right now mm-hmm. and it needs to be actionable mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. it does I'm sure a bunch of that dumb stuff has come out of my mouth, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? 
read the room. You, <laughs> you know, gotta speak the language. You know. So. Yep. Yep. I did. I took a business as a second language course, and I'm I'm doing fine now. <laughs> <laughs> she know how to translate to dumb. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> to, to dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. No, that's All right, sales people. as a second language. That's a <laughs> All right. Yeah, that one's not my that's not my cup of tea at the moment. No BSL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one snuck up on me. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. And we're gonna come back uh with a stat of the week and an under Google. And uh, we'll get you in, in, uh, at home uh, in time for dinner tonight. So we'll be back in a few. for you in the second half here is stat of the week joey stat of the week listeners of the show longtime listeners know that uh i've said some things about paul george that uh were not not positive recently like for the last many years <laughs> i've said things that were not great unrelentingly true <laughs> i mean oh 100 true <laughs> but I do want to give credit to where credit is due, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Paul George for something that he's done that I am a big fan of. He is working with the uh, organization BetterHelp, and he's uh, giving $3 million worth of mental health coverage, basically, uh, through them uh, to help people that uh, would not be able to get it otherwise, so people who need therapy um and things like that he's he's uh in 2020 he came out and uh was was pretty open about some struggles that he he was having and um you know became one of the people that uh you know in the last few years i think there's been several uh, nba players you know, some high profile players that have uh, you know been been reasonably open with uh with some struggles they've had and i think brought light to 
to to some of these things that you know really weren't getting you know maybe coverage in the same in in this community you know in the sort of in the sports world you know that sort of stuff just gets glossed over or, or, or you know not talked about but there's been been some folks uh, talking about that over the last uh, couple of years so shout out to Paul George he realized he didn't have the answers when he was going through and I'm sure he's still you know going through some some things and uh, I don't know how much pushback I'm going to get on this team but um, <laughs> mental health is is a very important uh, topic and uh, yeah if you if anybody needs help they should uh, they should reach out for that and I think it's really great that there's that he's helping you know people who may not be able to afford that because um, also um, healthcare in this uh, is not accessible to everybody affordably and so I think this is a, another way to help to help with that. So you can get, uh, if you go to betterhelp.com slash Paul George. Still doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth, but um, <laughs> but for a good cause, I'll I'll, uh, I'll shout it out. I'm so. glad you are, Joe. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, uh, talk therapy saved my life, literally. And um, I think even if you're feeling okay that talking to somebody who's trained to listen is... Uh, worth the time uh, but it is very expensive so um, I really uh, appreciate that uh, Paul George is helping out so shout out yeah no doubt even those that have access to health care don't have access to mental health care yeah. oftentimes mm-hmm. so that's right that's great good for him and hopefully better help is at least matching his contribution with their seven hundred million dollars in revenue from last year. Mm. Seems well, I did like, real uh, good during uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seems like uh, we should probably make sure that people who need it don't go without. Seems like that should be their mm-hmm. mission. I've heard them uh, advertise on many, many, many podcasts, so they've uh, they've got a few bucks floating around there somewhere. Sure do, but. It's for uh, you know, it's for a, a thing that I support. So, you know, they're not non for profit. Is, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, they are oh, for, for sure. Profit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Colson. Also, still, Paul George, you you screwed up our franchise pretty good. All right, and I'm never going to forgive you. Suck it. You've been banned from Colson's top twenty-five of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, if you learn nothing it, it, actually, I think the way that I uh, have it phrased in my list, it's it's non-recoverable. Like, I don't think he can like support mental health enough that he ever gets back on that list. So, unless he cures mental health, <laughs> I I still don't. I I think he's permanently banned. I think that's how it goes. Wow. Yeah. World peace. Yeah. Not good enough. Not gonna get there. <laughs> um. Free Jaeger forever fusion and yeah. solves our energy problems. Solves yeah. climate crisis. Uh, yeah, yeah, not good enough. What's that, Colson? What's that? Uh, you said Free Jaeger. What's that one liquor that like is bad? Everyone knows it's bad, and you drink it because it's bad. What's that one called? Malort. Malort. That's yeah. the one. We'll, we'll link what to the f- Malort uh, advertising campaign. What about it's Free Malort forever? Funny. That, it's that... funny every time. Would that get you uh, revved up in a, in a good way? Yeah, no, it's pretty it's pretty much free now. Like, I mean, the thing is, is like, if you go into a bar and order Malort, they're just like, hey, you just have a bottle. 
It's fine. <laughs> We're trying to get rid of it. Okay. It's like the greatest ruse in ad or uh, uh, alcohol sales rep ever pulled was. So, it's, it's really selling ama- cases yeah. of Malort to it's bars amazing. around Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hipsters did love it. Uh, I think they're probably all regretting it now. Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. So. <laughs> he said it was. He said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. So I guess it's time for under Googleables. It is. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Colson, hit me up, man. I uh, I I got a lot of knowledge to break off for you. I just need to know where to just where to aim it. You know. Let me know. What's the topic? So this one may suck, and it, it, it could take two seconds, and we'll do another one. But I, this one is bothering me. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> we just do another one real fast. It'll be fine. Um, being out of pocket. People say that, and, and to me, the, well, it, the definition is always like, I'm not going to be available. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. You know? But I, I, didn't, I don't remember hearing that until the last couple of years. From like people, you know, I hear it at work. That I'm out of pocket. I'm doing this thing, and you know, I'm running out to the store or whatever. I don't. Never thought they were in my in the pocket. <laughs> so I didn't know. I mean, I get. I mean, it's, it's another one of those where I understand what they mean. I think, but I don't. I don't. Well, so know what do why. you think they mean, Joe? What, what when they say I'm being out of pocket? What do you, what, is, what do you think I, it means? I, I always thought they just weren't available. Okay, you know, like. So I, I, I would hear it at work, and then they would basically say, like, I'm un- the, the intention I always got was, like, I'm unavailable during this time. I'm out of pocket. You know, I'm, they say, I'll be out of pocket, I'm, you know, from 2 to 5 or something, whatever, whatever it is. Okay. So that's what I always took. That's what I took it as. So, But I might be, I don't know. I might be off here. I have no idea. That's, that's, that's how I took it. That's how I hear it. But That's why we don't de-Google it. We just talk to each other about it. Yeah. There's no wrong answers, Joe. Is Do that you... the way that you understand? I, so I must say that this is a phrase that I am not familiar with pretty much at all. Like, hmm. I, I feel like I've heard it, but it is not used in my regular context. So, Colson, is that how you encounter it as well? Well, I, I have... It means people are unavailable. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about uh, if Harper has, has a way to think about it before I... Hmm. Okay. Um, my understanding of it was purely financial. Yes, mm. mine as well. So I'm not coming out of pocket for that dinner the company's going to pay for or something, right? Like, yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I know that. I guess I, I'd heard that one. So maybe that's all it is. So it's just cash in your pocket? That's easy. That sounds right. I'm interested in this new turn of phrase I am that too. Apparently Joey is encountering. No, I really am people too. People have just misappropriated it, maybe. <laughs> There, yeah, it's a it's a thing at the the, the my uh, current organization. It's this is the first place I ever heard it, and uh, at least two people have said it. Like, and that, but they meant it. They and they would say like, "I'm out of pocket. I'm going to like 
you know, I'm going to do this thing or whatever. Yeah. It means it's like it AFK. Means, it, <laughs> well, and, right. and actually, I will the way not be I a... phrased it, uh, if I'm looking back on this, I think the reason I phrased it as being out of pocket is that some. So I heard someone saying it as not the way that I understood of it, as I'm paying out of pocket. Somebody Damn. said I'm being out of pocket. So I think I'm I. I the reason I asked it is because uh, I think what Joey's talking about. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I, the way that I heard it would have been like coming out of pocket. Coming out of pocket. Uh, coming out of pocket pay for something. Um, what, Side question: What is AFK? I miss um, uh, away from keyboard, right? So like, oh, okay. Got somehow it. in this scenario, pocket means chair. <laughs> I don't. I don't mm. <laughs> like, hmm. Uh, the only thing that so I so instead could, of saying BRB, you would say <laughs> away from keyboard. Yeah, I think AFK was an older term. Like mm. I'm no person. JF, JFK's want? brother. Yes, yeah, exactly. Good old Arnie. I, I wondered if it was uh, the real. I think again. I uh, you know I heard this phrase at some point. I wrote it down in my uh, my list, and I can't remember the context. But I what occurs to me now is. The only other thing I can think of is pocket outside of pants is uh, pool. Yeah. Is this a I was thinking that or like um, billiards uh, phrase? When you put, mm-hmm. isn't it a bowling term like to be in the pocket, like that groove that then goes yeah. right into the, the yeah, sweet spot one. between the one pin and the next yeah. row or whatever? That's no, the pocket. Don't talk so yeah, sexy to there's, me. There's. <laughs> Do not go bowling with Colson. Right. <laughs> Apparently. And so I could I could have imagined that being like I'm that's the pocket is where you're supposed to be. It's the groove. And then yeah. you're like, sorry, I'm out of pocket. I can't be oh, okay. at yeah. the place that I'm supposed to be. Right. I see. Yeah, I mean I guess if you're in the pocket you're doing everything correctly and if you're not then Yeah. You're you're but it's not about correctly. It's just I'm unavailable, right? Like on uh, the, the way that's that you're the, understanding it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way it's being used. You know, from from what I've heard. So, which is an interesting sort of connection between that and I'm paying for this out of my pocket. How these things come connected? I don't see yeah, a, no. a, a line from point A to point B, but uh, that's what we came to. Uh, uh, let's go bowling big, the, or, or billiards somehow makes that connection. <laughs> oh, what yeah, er- okay, so what era so would that the, be? Yeah, the original term or whatever, like the meaning of I'm paying out of my own pocket. That must have come around. Yeah, what are pockets invented? The well, yeah, after <laughs> pockets, first off. Uh, after pockets. And then after the idea that corporations would pay or like the company would pay for certain things and then you you were doing certain other things out of pocket right isn't uh, after pockets the name of your new band jason <laughs> after pockets <laughs> that's no, a pretty pockets. solid name hot pockets uh it's not bad it's not yeah. bad after pockets okay so yeah um i, I post pockets I, I uh organizations are paying you to go out to eat in the 60s 70s this is like the business lunch and yeah. are they, they're not I mean, doing there's... that to before you know, in the 20s are they i mean i, I think I you know, could expense all kinds of things since the dawn of time since you created the sure. corporation more or less right um or i mean as long as there's been 
tax structures as we think of them today. I mean, th- there's another possibility too that even predating something like that, there may be scenarios where government would pay for certain things, like for mm. diplomats or something, which may even sure. set up a potentially earlier date. What other pocket options are there besides pool and bowling and pants? <laughs> 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 I don't know why that word is always so funny. <laughs> I just wonder if, like, there's some other pocket. You know, you hear on the weather, you know, the weather forecast. They're like, oh, there's a pocket of, you know, cool air or something. Mm, sure. Like that. Yeah. In carpentry, you have pocket screws. You can make pocket screws, or I guess pocket screw holes. Not really the screws themselves. So you're saying this is carpentry? No, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm throwing out ideas <laughs> no, of I know, where I know, other I just... pockets could be. All right, that's all I got. I just, I just wondered if there was something obvious that was like a, a pocket square, you know, in your, uh, you know, suit vest or something. I don't know. I'm pulling out a hanky for the lady. It's out of pocket. I don't know. That's all. Yeah, I got. I'm gonna say this is like '50s America. I like that. lingo. I like that. I'm going... um, It's executives pissed because they have to pay out of pocket for a dinner. I'm going uh, same era, but I'm going uh, billiards uh, hall. Somehow it's a... I've I've missed my shot and I'm out of pocket. And I'm angry about it. And I'm I'm James Dean or something. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Do do most of your scenarios end up with you being James Dean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm seeing that it was first used by Max Crittenden. Oh, I should have uh, got that one. 1679. Oh, jeez. According to the OED, he was 700 pounds out of pocket. A corollary phrase in pocket, meaning having enough money, showed up about 70 years later, says the OED. A primarily American meaning of out of pocket, meaning uh, to be unavailable, traces to 1908. Uh, O. Henry story. How? He writes, just now she is out of pocket and I shall find her as soon as I can. So O. Henry just made some shit up? Oh, that's what that—that's Joey's yeah, uh, exactly. version of it, right? But like, where did he get that from? It feels random. I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing this. The American Slang Dictionary also defines out of pocket as out from under someone's control and not manageable, such as the guy is wild, completely out of pocket. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot more of these um, sort of versions of Joey's description of it. it how is it turned into that? Oh, Henry just I'm pulled it out of the air. I feel like they're not related to each other, but I can't tell. Yeah. But I mean, but how does that jump over, though? Why? Well, oh, Henry? Henry. Is this is the answer? Oh, Henry? But it's unclear why he did that. Right. You think the answer is Oh, Henry? <laughs> yeah. In a newspaper office, the copy the copy chief sits in a crook of a horseshoe-shaped desk surrounded by copy editors. That is the pocket. Mm. And if the chief is not in the pocket, 
that means he's not available and things can grind to a halt. Mm. Okay. There you go. Yeah, out of po- being out of pocket means unavailable or unreachable. And I'm seeing that it's connected to press rooms. That's right. But there's a cool random thing. Uh, <laughs> somebody noticed that um, out of pocket was meant to mean unreachable in season two of The Wire and meant to mean inappropriate in season three of the same series. Ah. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Wire nerds. So, so do we learn anything? Yeah. Uh, journalism. Yes, we oh, we Henry. learned journalism. We learned O Henry. We got it. And in the 1600s, that's all I got. I kind of listened to this show. Oh my God. So it, it it wasn't even in that in that phrase. It wasn't even that somebody else should be paying. It was just like, yeah, I'm out. I got no money. It seems to be its earliest iteration before it took on the other meaning of having someone else pay pay for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm just. I'm just. I'm out. I'm out. My pockets out. Why didn't he say that? My pockets out. Because they were British. I'm out of pocket. <laughs> I think it's time to get out of here. We've been we've been going the right exact right length of time, in my estimation. Assuming that uh, we edited out ten to fifteen minutes, seems right. <laughs> uh, we'll be back with you on Tuesday next week. And uh, we'll be getting back into, you know, this uh, this new this new Pacer season. So I'm hoping, you know, hoping we've, we've racked up some L's by then. But we'll we'll see. We'll talk about it next week. Until then, you can hit us up on the social meds, as Colson says, because he's just one of the kids now, right? He can blend in. You could just you could walk in to any high school and they would never know, right? Full full twenty one Jump Street. <laughs> we have to make this movie now. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at undebeatables or on Facebook.com slash the undebeatables. Uh you can hit, email us, shout out at the undebeatables.com and our website the undebeatables uh the and there's a contact form there. You can send us a message and the website slash store and get the sweet merch. That all uh, all you high school kids are uh, wearing, I'm sure. <laughs> For the architect Danny Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach Bobby C. Leonard. Turn out lights, party's over. I, I I thought a long time about doing uh, the British version of that, but I was trying to figure out how to get myself into it. You know, like. Would you like some spot of tea? Turn out the lights, the party's over. <laughs> you just did it anyway. You know, like it just, maybe that was better. So maybe, so when I edit it, that'll be the answer. <laughs> Would you like a spot of tea? Turn out the lights, the party's over. Everyone deals with the Queen's death in their own way. <laughs> 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 I think Devi may be the karma god. Devi? Yeah, the goddess that fights to restore Dharma. Devi, right? Debbie? Debbie?
Devi. D E V I. D E B I. O. V. Like Victor. Oh, V. Okay. Debbie. I was thinking like Debbie Debbie from accounting. <laughs> <laughs> like from that show? Is, 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 is she single? That's all I want to know. 